When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Drag. It's Wednesday, September 18th. Time for episode 316 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com. And, of course, as always... On Twitter, at Patriots, CLNS. This week, I welcome CLNS colleague, Sierra Goodwill. She's become a must-follow on Twitter, at, surprisingly, Sierra Goodwill. S-I-E-R-R-A-G-O-O-D-W-I-L-L, all one word. How are you, Sierra? I am great, Trags. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this is a pleasure. Um, really, uh it's been great getting to know you on the beat. This is your first full year covering the Patriots, and you have uh, yet to really experience uh, any uh, drama in terms of the Patriots losing a game. <laughs> that is right. I mean, there's been plenty of drama, I feel like, off the field, but uh, no, it's been really, really great working with you and, of course, Evan and Alex. Um, the Patriots, I mean, they're not the easiest team to cover because we all know the ways of Bill Belichick and how he doesn't give us too much to work with, but it seems like with all of the drama in the offseason and this whole Antonio Brown situation, there's been no shortage of topics for us to cover, that's for sure. So here's how I feel about Bill Belichick, and you know full well, I'm sure you've talked to Alex, you've talked to Evan about this, I'm a big fan of Bill Belichick, but you have to know... To ask him X's and O's. He is never, ever, ever, ever going to give you anything in terms of drama uh, like Antonio Brown, like, uh, let's say, a Jalen Ramsey were to come to New England. Not saying that's necessarily going to happen. Or <laughs> or even, um, you know, a player getting traded like Demarius Thomas. He is not about drama. He is more or less about I'm going to give you the X's and O's and stick to football, and that's the way we roll. Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm sure fans would love to hear what he has to say about all the dramatic things that go on, but the football uh, junkies definitely appreciate uh, what he does give us, so that's that's a plus. So some news on Tuesday, Sierra, the uh, news that Isaiah Wynn is going on injured reserve yet again. He obviously spent the whole rookie year, his whole 2018 campaign on injured reserve. Uh, this time uh, it's because of a toe injury, not the Achilles, but the toe injury uh, that has uh, sidelined him. So um, i got to get your first impression. Are you... Even though everything seems to be going well, this defense looks like it could be an all-timer. 
Are you the least bit concerned that, you know, the Patriots offensive line, uh, is, it's kind of been a merry-go-round to start the year? Yeah, I think you have to be a little bit worried. I mean, like you said, pretty much every other positional group, uh, on this team has a significant amount of depth except the offensive line who has now lost two starters long-term and then one kind of question mark with Marcus Cannon. And obviously that left tackle is just so imperative. But I think the reason why people are completely up in arms about this is because you have Dante Skarnacchia there. Absolutely. You always have that little uh, confidence knowing that he can – make any situation uh, that comes at him that's unfortunate better. Um, but you do – Isaiah Wynn's health is a concern. Obviously, the one silver lining in this is that he comes back um, – he's scheduled to come back when the Patriots hit the meat of their schedule, the hardest part of their schedule. Exactly, yes. Let's be real. The beginning of their schedule is kind of a cakewalk – regarding how good the Patriots are and then how not good the teams that they're playing are. So that's the one silver lining. But Isaiah Wynn's health is a concern because this isn't obviously the first time he's been sidelined with injury. So maybe the Patriots do need to look about finding a replacement for him long term. Well, I I think they believe in Isaiah Wynn, the player, and his skill set and what have you. Right. They, you've got to be concerned about him going on injured reserve in the first two years of his career. However, there are players in the past with the Patriots, offensive linemen as a matter of fact, who have had injury or health concerns to start their career, and they've turned in near pro bowlers. And I'm mentioning uh, another banged-up Patriots offensive lineman in Marcus Cannon. He had a hard time. Uh, Sierra getting healthy at the start of his career. Obviously, he was overcoming uh, cancer, and he had some other uh, dings and bumps and bruises to start his career. But he has turned into one of the best right tackles in the game. Yeah, and I also spoke to Marshall Newhouse in the locker room on Monday, and he was talking about how difficult it is for these offensive linemen to play on both sides. Obviously, they're uncomfortable uh, with one side that they're forced to play on. He said, quote, it's like wiping with the other hand. He said, no matter how many times you do it, it just never feels completely comfortable. So these players on the offensive line are forced to do so many things that aren't their specific specialty. But like I said, luckily enough, they have Dante Skarnacchia who can kind of mold them. You were in the uh, locker room, obviously, as you just referenced, on Monday at Gillette Stadium. What was the vibe after a, a game in which I thought the defense was as, about as good as it could be? Uh, granted, they were playing Ryan Fitzpatrick and the lowly Dolphins, and Dolphins couldn't get out of a paper bag, especially offensively. But the vibe there, um, I'm just curious with – you know, Antonio Brown fitting in. A lot of people, you know, listening to this podcast want to get a sense of how is Antonio really fitting into that locker room? You know, it was really interesting on Monday because usually when you uh, walk into the open locker room portion, players are just getting out of meetings, they're changing, they're going into the showers. It's kind of hustle and bustle in there. But on Monday, I would say 85 to 90% of the lockers were closed upon the open locker portion opening. And when the lockers are closed, that means they have already left for the day or they are not available for comment. So right, right away, as soon as we entered, the Patriots PR staff told us Antonio Brown was not going to speak, which also is interesting. He has not spoken to the media since he joined the New England Patriots. And, 
you're supposed to uh, make players available at least once a week, so I'm wondering if there may be some fines there involved. But as far as the vibe for the players we did get to speak to, um, you know, not much of them are talking about Antonio Brown, the person. Um, all of them obviously vouching for how skilled and talented and how much of an asset he is on the field. But really no one uh, has stood up for his character in terms of that because, you know, they don't want to get themselves into that sort of uh, muddled area. Um, obviously, Monday also was the day that the Sports Illustrated article came out um, yes. where allegedly a second woman came forward uh, with allegations against Antonio Brown, so maybe that's why some of the players were um, kind of left before we got in there or were extra tight-lipped. But really, hush-hush, uh, everyone who's talking about Antonio Brown is just talking about, obviously, the talent level and the skill he brings. Yeah, and I think what the Patriots are smart to do in this case, even though it doesn't make us in the media particularly happy uh, in terms of access, no question about that, when a player is facing legal issues, whether civil or criminal, uh, they are going to err on the side of protecting that player as long as long as that player is under the employ of the New England Patriots. And I think some of us in the media forget that sometimes, that when, mm-hmm. when someone is facing a, a battle in court, the first interest is not providing content to the media. It's making sure you don't say anything that incriminates yourself. And I think Deep down, I think that's what a lot of this is about. Him not speaking after the game uh, in Miami on Sunday. Him not speaking on Monday. And, you know, that is just me speaking over 28 years of covering the Patriots and 28 years of covering pro sports uh, in and around Boston. That's just my sense. Yeah, obviously, uh, I don't blame Antonio Brown's camp or the Patriots PR staff for not wanting him to be available. But you do look at players like Patrick Chung, who is uh, facing some legal issues um, that came out, I think, in the preseason. And he's uh, there talking to the media, just making it clear that he only wants to talk about the game and what's going on in the football field. But obviously, Chung has been a leader in this locker room and is just a stand-up guy, sure. uh, according well, to his teammates, who is able to kind of speak to the media. Let me interject there, and I think that is an outstanding point, Sierra. Speaking with Sierra Goodwill, doing an outstanding job with Evan Lazar, Alex Barth, and myself, if I can throw myself into that great company, covering the <laughs> Patriots for CLNS Media. Your point about Patrick Chung. Patrick Chung made it clear he's only talking about football. And given, I want to say the severity and the, the seriousness of this charge regarding Patrick Chung, I don't think it, it comes anywhere close to being as potentially explosive as what Antonio Brown is dealing with. Plus the fact, football, a, a lot of other reporters, you know, outside, um, the region of New England, national reporters like Sports Illustrated, CNN, ESPN, they were, will all descend upon Foxborough the second he talks and or yeah. the, is is made aware that he's going to talk and he's going to get barraged with all these questions. And I don't think yeah. the Patriots want to expose him to that. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots are probably one of the most focused football teams in the NFL. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, I mean – if you don't ask them about the exact day they're on, the exact team they're focusing on, they're not willing to comment on it. So they're just 
very narrow focus. They don't want any outside noise. So obviously Antonio Brown right now is causing a lot of outside noise. So anything they can do to kind of contain that is what they're going to do. I get the sense that as long as Antonio sticks to football and select social media posts on his Instagram, which he's going to do, he, you know, posted again on Tuesday, um, an Instagram story of him getting uh, some treatment, I believe it was, during the Monday night football game. Did you see that? Yes. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that as long as he, I mean, it, Social media is just such a huge part of today's society, and a lot of players use social media. Tom Brady posts those videos after every single win. Um, as long as it's done uh, in a respectable manner, I think that Bill Belichick isn't to- too concerned about it, as long as it doesn't affect how he's how he's doing on the field. Speaking with Sierra Goodwill of CLNS Media. Football, are you ready? Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus reward on your first deposit and start betting on your favorite pro or college team. Bet on every spread, every total, every winner or loser. And now they even have prop bets like Antonio Brown participation with the Patriots and the line for the Patriots going 16 and 0 in the regular season. Bet on who the first starting quarterback to be benched will be. Well, we already know that. That would be Eli Manning of the New York Giants. Bet on who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. We won't know that until the first week in, no- in December. Get the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with our new sports book partners, betonline.ag. Want to know more? Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use that promo code CLNS50 and get your 50% welcome bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. You'll receive a 50% bonus on your qualifying first deposit only. Back with social media queen Sierra Goodwill covering the Patriots for CLNS Media. Okay, I am 53 years of age, and I still post to Instagram on a regular basis. When I go to Instagram, I see so many uh, reporters, female reporters, posting selfies. What is it about that culture? Why do uh, young, attractive ladies do it? You know, I'm going to give you my professional answer, and then I'm going to give you my personal answer. That is why (laughs) we have you on this podcast, Sierra. (laughs) So my professional answer is I do think it's cool um, to kind of give your followers the chance to to live vicariously through you, give them a kind of behind-the-scenes look. I think it helps grow your following. I think it helps them feel more connected to you, put – a face to the tweets and the reports and all of that. Um, so that's my professional answer. The personal answer is I think my job's pretty cool. Um, so I'd like to show that off. And Instagram's a whole darn business these days. I mean, people who have like serious social media followings right. can, can make money off of it and can really just like open a whole new plethora of opportunities for themselves. Um, so I think everyone's kind of trying to jump on board with that, not saying that me or any of us other uh, reporters covering the Patriots are Instagram influencers just yet, but I think that's why we like to do it so much. 
So you follow where I'm going with that, though. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's it's a fascinating um, trend. It's a fascinating culture. We see, obviously, uh, star athletes doing it. But um, the reporters that cover these teams doing it, it's it just, to me, it, it uh, it's an interesting angle. And I think a lot of people out there listening to this podcast who obviously fo- follow you on social media, follow you on not only Twitter but Instagram, kind of wonder the same thing. Yeah, I mean, also, I, I mean, I – Spend all this time getting ready for on camera. I might as well take a picture and make it last. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. What, what's been your uh, favorite part of the job so far? Oh, wow. I think, you know, people spend so much money uh, for tickets and just to get a glance at uh, these athletes that they idolize and that have been role models forever. And for me to have it be my job to be on the sidelines every day and to get access um, inside of locker rooms and just information that other people are really relying on you for is really, really cool. To feel like you're uh, wanted or needed for information is cool. To feel like you can tell other people's stories. And I don't know, I just feel really lucky and fortunate to be at sporting events for a living um, when other people do that kind of as their hobby. So um, as people who listen to this podcast may or may not know, Sierra and I teamed up on the Bruins run to the Stanley Cup final. Um, game seven, I infamously uh, told you in our uh, preview um, rinkside that the Bruins would win in a route that did not work out so well, that prediction. Yeah. Um, but have you had a moment in all of your coverage of the Celtics, the Bruins, Red Sox, and not obviously now Patriots, where you were like, wow, the athletes talk about their welcome to the NFL moment. Have you had a welcome to professional media moment yet? You know, I have. I think when I traveled for the Celtics um, playoffs in Milwaukee by myself, I was just a couple, I was about a month or so into the job, um, and I got to travel to Milwaukee for, um, the, play, the Celtics in the playoffs by myself and to have that responsibility. But for afterwards, um, when they lost and their season was over, that was probably the craziest couple hours of the job so far. I was, That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Printing back and forth in between the locker room and the press conference because obviously everyone wanted to hear from Kyrie Irving. Was he going to say he was done with Boston? And then I went into the locker room and got this video from Al Horford saying he wanted to stay in Boston. That kind of went viral on Twitter. And then obviously we we uh, found out how that went. Um, but, yeah, that was a crazy time t- to see real tears from uh, Gordon Hayward, from Jason Tatum. Um, it was just kind of a whirlwind. And that was really cool, really, really stressful, but that's where I feel like I thrive when the adrenaline is pumping and you kind of have deadlines because you want your stuff to go out quick. That's That moment was really cool for me, and I really felt like a professional. Uh, speaking of tears, and I don't know if you agree with me, I, I remember tweeting this, and I maintain this to this day, that mm-hmm. that Bruins locker room after Game 7 at TD Garden was the most emotional distraught locker room I have covered in my 28 years in Boston. I do not ever remember players sobbing on the shoulders of PR representatives and being in stunned disbelief. I mean, look, I mean, I was around the Super Bowl 42 and those Patriots. Um, I was around Super Bowl 46 
when they lost in Indianapolis. And uh, certainly I was around the Patriots when they lost Super Bowl 52 uh, to the Eagles. What I saw with uh, the Bruins after that game seven was unlike anything I have ever seen. It was it was complete devastation. I mean, I remember I'll never get the image of I think it was Sean Corrali just absolutely bawling in the arms of one of the trainers. Um, just the, like you said, they were just so heartbroken, absolutely stunned. I don't think a single person in TD Garden heading into that game seven thought that that team was going to lose. It just seemed like it was their year. Um, and so I think the players were just as stunned as everyone else was. Back to football. Um, yes. Your sense for uh, where the Patriots go from here. I mean, look, uh, they are um, getting ready to face a New York Jets team on Sunday with a third-string quarterback. And I know you haven't been covering the team that long, but – the way the Patriots prepare week in and week out for a team like the Dolphins, who they clearly were favorites over, and they'll be maybe just as big a favorite uh, this weekend at Gillette Stadium against the Jets. Are you impressed with the way they handle their business and don't, you know, look past an opponent? Ex- extremely impressed, and I think everyone should be. I mean, people will give them a hard time for quote, running up the score against the Dolphins last week. But Bill Belichick is a man of his word. They He preached in practice all week long, we have to play a full 60 minutes because we played 59 last year and we lost the game. So he's not going to preach that and then take out Tom Brady and kind of throw in the towel because he thinks he has the game won. No, he's going to live up to his word and he's going to play the full 60 minutes as if he would if it was a competitive game. So I think the same goes for this upcoming Sunday against the Jets. I mean, it is a little bit brutal, uh, the the first portion of their schedule here. Uh, they really should just be rolling over opponents as they have the first two weeks. Um, so not sure how – we can measure up the Patriots with the rest of the league, but just looking at them and looking at the roster, I mean, they seem pretty unstoppable at this point. Well, I mean, I don't see anybody in the first half of the season really giving them a game. Um, I, I take that back a little bit. I think the Bills' defense could be legit and yeah. could actually make it a game, even at Gillette Stadium. Uh, and certainly, uh, if the Bills' defense can get to Brady and expose some of the weaknesses uh, of, you know, this makeshift offensive line. I think the Bills in week number four, uh, that could definitely be uh, a landmine game, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the Bills have started 2-0, and and yes, their wins are at the Jets and at the Giants, uh, but, you know, their defense is for real. Yeah. I mean, I think the Patriots should hope that at least one of these first couple games uh, are slightly competitive because otherwise, really, how can they measure up where they're at, kind of gauge their improvement, gauge where they need to improve if no one's really giving them a competitive um, game? So I, I agree with you. I think the Bills defense will be that first test for the Patriots because this Sunday with a third string quarterback on an already pretty feeble Jets team is just, it's going to be ugly. I would think so. And uh, in case people didn't see it, uh, Bill Belichick in that HBO uh, special coming up uh, with Nick Saban actually admitted to the fact that, yeah, maybe they would have been better off in 2007 losing a game. And 
I, I think Belichick would tell you it, it's not necessarily winning or losing, but I think he and his coaching staff would like to get his team, <laughs> I want to say tournament tested, that's a basketball March Madness uh, expression, but he wants to see his team tested a little bit so that he has an idea going forward of what needs to be improved upon and where they are uh, and where they are improving and how they're getting better. And that's the kind of the irony of the start to the season, Sierra, is that uh, how many times in the last three years have we talked about, oh, the Patriots are off to a slow start. Is this the year where they, you know, finally you know, go down the toilet? Um, right. Well, this year it seems to be just the opposite. They have no competition in the first month of the year, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they self-assess. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots usually are playing their best football in November and then from there on. So the fact that they're just rolling over opponents now, uh, it's it's funny to say it's concerning that they're blowing out teams because any other team would take a blowout win uh, any time, any day. But, yeah, I'm sure Bill Belichick wishes he didn't kind of have those stacked couple of weeks where, you know, they're playing the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Chiefs, um, the Ravens, like all at, at one time. Right. Um, because obviously that is going to be tough. But I mean, hey, they have a lot of offensive weapons that they're kind of being able to play around with in the beginning of the season here and, and see what works because they can, because they have that room um, to play around. So maybe it will be beneficial to have this easy por- portion of the schedule uh, right away because then when the hard games hit, they should be adding Nikhil Harry back. Isaiah Wynn should be coming back, and then they'll be even more reinforced heading into that tough stretch. Yeah, and if you throw out that Bills game uh, at uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium in, in Orchard Park uh, the last Saturday, Sunday in September, they then mm-hmm. go to the Redskins. They are home on that Thursday night short week against the Giants, and Daniel Jones and the New York Giants replacing, if he's still the quarterback then, uh, replacing yep. Eli Manning. And Eli Manning hasn't been traded. Uh, then after that, after that giant game, they have the Jets on extra rest on uh, Monday night, uh, October 21st. The first interesting game to me is the Patriots hosting the Browns and what the Browns become uh, after we saw Freddie Kitchen and his uh, – uh, Odell Beckham Jr. led uh, offense yeah. and Baker Mayfield get it done against the Jets on Monday night. I think that's a fascinating game right there. Yeah, I think that's one that everyone's kind of looking forward to. There's still so much unknown about this Browns team. I, I feel like they were a little bit overblown. Um, you think? Yeah, you're still talking about a second-year quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he can air the ball out. He has some great targets. We saw what they could do last night. Granted, it was against the Jets, uh, so I don't really know how much we can we can take with a grain of salt there. But the Patriots and the Browns will be fun because you have these two high-flying offenses or, or teams who like to really uh, air out air out the ball, as you said. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield really uh, digs the deep ball as well. So that will be a fun game. I'm interested to see where the Browns are come that game because I do still think that they have uh, yet to kind of come into come into form, come into shape, and find their identity. 
Well, that's why we play the game, Sierra. What are you working on this week for CLNS Media? You're going to be down at Gillette all week? I will. I'll be there to, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, another another full week of practice. I'm, I'm sure that uh, Wednesday will be – it's usually uh, one of the most intensive days of the week. Uh, we'll hear from Bill Belichick in the morning and then uh, have some a couple minutes to check out the team at practice before open locker room around 4 p.m. on Wednesday. And, I mean, everyone's hoping, I think, to that maybe sometime this week that they'll get to hear from Antonio Brown. I find it highly unlikely. Maybe yeah, I, I, I don't sense that you're going to hear from Antonio Brown until – the team has some idea from the league on what the league plans to do. If it's nothing um, and they're going to put it to rest, uh, then I think you might hear from Antonio Brown. But until such time, uh, I think he's going to keep quiet. I could be pleasantly surprised on Wednesday, and he could talk Wednesday or Thursday or, you know, give the old Randy Moss, I got three questions in me, or just issue a prepared statement. That could happen on Friday. But I'd be surprised at any of those possibilities. Right, and something interesting, Tom Brady spoke to the media on Wednesday, the first two weeks of the regular season, and he's kind of a superstitious guy about that. He said, Very. Uh, but he's not speaking this Wednesday, which assume, which makes us assume he will be speaking on Friday. So switching things up a little bit this week. Yes, well, it's always good to switch things up, and uh, I tell you what, it has been a pleasure to work with you, Sierra, but not only on the Patriots beat, uh, yeah. but also on the Bruins and Celtics. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, moving forward. You're going to be uh, on the Celtics and, and Bruins as well, right? Yes, moving forward, I'll be with all four uh, professional teams. It does seem like the Red Sox are dying out quickly, so mostly Patriots, Bruins, and Celtics going forward. It's been a treat having you on. We're going to have you back. There's no question about that. Thanks, Trags. Really value your experience. Uh, you've taught me a lot in my short time working with you. Really appreciate you having me on. Anytime. want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast and thank our great guest, Sierra Goodwill, covering the Patriots for CLNS Media. Follow her on Twitter, at Sierra Goodwill, all one word. No dots, no underscores, just that simple. S-I-E-R-R-A-G-O-O-D-W-I-L-L. Also want to thank our great sponsor, BetOnline.ag. For producer Mike Alonji and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast. Or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.